Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 12th episode of Ramblings from Nowhere. As always, I'm your host, Jason Hull, and joining me this week is my tired but still here co-host, Clay Dotson. Hello, Jason. <laughs> I'm still laughing because this has been like the third or third take. take. Third take. No, <laughs> fourth take. He's so. like, he's like, the game from Bamboo's a Blumber. I just, I just, 12 billion. <laughs> I just threw it up. It's like, hello. <laughs> yeah, you know, I am tired, dude. I mean, I'm still trying to get sleep back from this past weekend. I, I really am, too. Uh, uh, it's been, uh, I don't know. I mean, it was a good weekend, as uh, we talked about before. We did uh, Extra Life over the weekend in, uh, down in Chattanooga. And I think it went well. We had a really good time. It was good getting together with everybody and uh, getting to play some board games and some video games and some D and D. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's always tiring. I was somebody's asking me about it at work, and they're like, you know, how it went, and so on and so forth. And I said it went good. I said it's just hard when you do that because. You know, I'm in Jamestown, so I got up at 4, got ready, left the house at 5 to be in Cookville at 6, and then drove on to Chattanooga, and then, you know, spend a whole day at the school playing. It was the uh, Chattanooga School of Liberal Liberal Arts, I believe. Is that right? Yeah, something, something higher learning, something, something yes. smart people, whatever. Yeah. But anyway... Um, you know, you spend from uh, 9 in the morning till 9 at night uh, playing board games and teaching kids how to play board games. And then we went on from there and uh, went back to our friend's house and played D&D for a little bit, which that was your first four -way, four -way, first time with us. Let's just go with that. Right. I cannot yeah. talk. This, this is going to be a terrible episode because I'm just throwing out. Of course, Jason. I mean, can you please speak in French now? I'm going to, no, I'm just going to Java speak before. Wanawango. Every once in a while, some Java will come out and just be like, ooh, Tammy. So. Yeah. yeah, the Dungeons and Dragons was fine. Uh, I don't know why. Why, but somehow my halfling, my three foot four inch halfling, turned into some kind of sex machine Brooklyn smartass with a tinge of Rodney Dangerfield in there too. I, of course, I you know I fell asleep because uh, I was so tired, whatever. But uh, I had a good time. I mean, we. Uh, was, was I just my favorite part about the whole. Uh, D&D thing was when we uh, both realized at the same time that we should have done a fastball special way earlier than or at all actually because I'm a 7 foot 5 uh, dragonborn paladin and I think we both <laughs> realized at the same time like of course our characters are going to become friends I mean yeah. it's just going to happen that way you know <laughs> mine is like a version of like uh, Wolverine except not as Canadian I guess <laughs> Or uh, actually shorter, so whatever. But, uh, yeah, that was fun. Um, getting back to the hotel, and then, you know, after I slept a little bit at Jonathan's, I was rejuvenated and beat Super Mario World in like two minutes, or excuse me, two minutes, two hours. Mm -hmm. And, uh, well, of course, I used the warp zones, the uh, Star Road, whatever. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was fun to do. And, of course, I fell asleep, and you guys woke up, I guess, for playing Sega Jr. You played Golden Axe, right? Uh, We played some Golden Axe. We played um, a little Contra Hard Corps, which I hadn't played in a long time, and that game is so hard. Um, We just kind of jumped around a little bit. There's a couple of uh, shooters on there um, that I always like to play. Uh, Thunder Force 3, I think, is one, and then... Another one I can't remember the name of right now, but it was uh, never released on the Genesis here. But, uh, man, I, I got my butt handed to me twice on those. Just, you know, you had to learn those patterns and mm-hmm. when to move and so on and so forth, which I did not. So, But I also forgot how cheap uh, Golden Axe is. Uh, we died a bunch. We almost beat it, but uh, that's a super cheap game. Still fun, but super cheap. Uh, so, uh, what was your favorite board game we played? I think I know, but I'm going to let you say. Yeah, it's Five Minute Dungeon. I really had a good time with that. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad we got to play Werewolf, why not, whatever. But, uh, and that was fun playing with those kids, man, because mm-hmm. they're not good bluffers at all. Well, that one girl had no idea what the hell was going on. She's like, I don't know. I was like, you've been the werewolf three out of four times. I want to be the werewolf. And one kid was like, watch me closely, because, you know, we were handing out the cards and everything. Uh, I didn't like what I was had a villager, so I just, you know, threw it back in the pile, and the kid just looked at me like, you're not supposed to do that, mister, you know? And I just winked at him, and he still looked at me weird. I was like, man, can you wink and just be like, hey, man, I got this. But uh, Five Minute Dungeon, that was fun. Uh, Hell Hydra, I wish on Hell Hydra that uh, we got to Yeah, I wish we had time to uh, play with all the powers and everything, but um, I really liked what what little bit we did get to play that. It's uh, It seems like it's going to be a fun party game. I really enjoyed that dice game. That dice game was dice really forge. fun. Dice Forge, yeah. yeah. I really enjoyed it. Um, uh, hearing Josh read the rules to Trogdor for like 10 <laughs> hours, and then we just say, screw it, and we just put it back up. Cause I think we were just, we'd hit one of those uh, humps at that time where it was just like, okay, we've got to walk away for a minute, and that game was becoming way more difficult than what it should have been at the time. Uh, yeah. And uh, but yeah, it was, it was cool. I mean, a lot of kids showed up, and it was just really cool that this is something that Jonathan has been doing here the past three years. Of course, you, know, you guys went up there last year to help him with it, but uh, you know, kudos to him for really getting something together that kids could come and, and learn. You know, it was educational, but all those kids are having a great time. I mean, you didn't really see kids not playing, you know, not playing the board games. You know, and so of course, uh, um, Brandon would have brought the game of the night. When he uh, pulled out throw throw burrito, and then that was it for the rest of the night. Uh, There's burritos flying over our head constantly while we was trying to play dice forge. When I got hit by a burrito, mm-hmm. Brandon told that one little girl to hit me, and I was like, "Why? Who are you?" She's like, "He told me to do it." <laughs> I was like, "Man, first of all, how are you gonna listen to Brandon? <laughs> all right, you know? How about you go kick him in the balls? You know? But no, she ain't gonna do that. Whatever." Um, but yeah, you know, kudos to Jonathan for getting that together, and I look forward to next year. And also, hopefully, I, I'm still pissed off about that uh, that website because a couple of my friends did tell me they were trying to uh, uh, donate. Yeah, they uh, that's what I was about to say. Unfortunately, uh, Extra Life <coughs> servers got hit with a DDoS attack uh, Saturday morning. Uh, we were rolling in Chattanooga, so it was just before nine o'clock, and 
were pretty much down all day. So we weren't able to stream like we were hoping to. People couldn't donate like they wanted to. People who did get to donate, uh, I know at least one person uh, got charged three times. But I did see that um, they were in the process of uh, refunding people who had that happen and processing through uh, donations that uh, weren't showing up. So I'm hoping I'll get some more in there before it's all said and done. But uh, the portal remains open till I think the end of the year. Oh, does it? So yeah. So. Uh, I tell a few people that uh, they could go back on and should be able to donate now. Uh, we ended up doing, as a team, uh, a little lower than last year, but I really do account most of that to the fact that that DDoS was going on, and it really, it was really hurting. Uh, but we made 795 so far as a team. Didn't hardly hit our goal, but still, I mean, 795, I'll take it. I'm uh, yeah. proud of what we were able to do. So, uh, and it may go up. Hopefully, it will go up before the end of the year. Uh, our goal was 1,200 total between all of us. So, uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, but yeah, it was a good time. I look forward to next year already. Yeah. Hell yeah. I think I'm going to take some of those games with me to, to Thanksgiving the, with my family and stuff like that. I think um, card game-wise, I don't know if they'd understand that dice game too well. Um, um, I usually like to take... Uh, I wanted to play that Blockbuster game I got, and we just never got a chance. Um, I know it'll be a good party game. Uh, my go-tos are uh, Ticket to Ride. Uh, everybody likes one night. Ultimate Werewolf. Uh there's a few more I can't think of right now off the top of my head, but uh, Sushi Go is another good party game. I always like to take easy ones that, you know, you don't have to set and explain rules on top of rules on top of rules. So, uh, it, I'm looking forward to it, too. Uh, like I said, that Blockbuster game I was really wanting to check out and didn't get a chance to. Uh, in other news, um, I've been playing Outer Worlds. Well, I finally got back into Outer Worlds tonight. Played a good amount. Um, I wanted to bring this to your attention, though. There's a very unique achievement. It's actually, um, a lot of the speed uh, speed runner... Com- uh, in the, I, now I'm getting your See, disease now. you got it now. Day one a long go. running community has gotten their hands on Outer Worlds, and right now you can beat it in under 20 minutes. Actually, maybe it's under 30. And it's pretty incredible how you can do it, and it's setting your character's intelligence all the way down. So where he's an idiot. <laughs> and once you get into your spaceship, which takes, you know, I guess maybe if you're just doing some of the main quests, would probably take a couple minutes. But uh, you tell the computer on the ship, you know, she's like, hey, I will help, you know, come up with a route through space. And you have a dialogue option for being an idiot. You can override that and say, I'm smart, I can do this. And so you set the coordinates for being in the next place. (laughs) You end up hitting a a black hole, and your ship falls apart, and you die, and then roll credits. And then you get an achievement. (laughs) I'm going to do that, hopefully, whenever I beat the game. I'm going to try to get that achievement, of course. But uh, it was very funny. But, yeah, I'm still enjoying that. Uh, Today was comic book day. I didn't go last Wednesday, of course, because, you know, Mike was sick. So I talked to him. I had three comics waiting for me today. I had Excalibur number one. I had New Mutants number one. I had X Force number one. And wow, 
How's that, uh, New Mutants? Good. I love the art. <laughs> Who's on the art? That's what I was about to say. Uh, I can't remember his name. I don't have the comments with me. I left him at work, but... Is it, uh, it's not... Is it Chris, uh, Michello or... Um, no. No, he's doing one, and I can't remember what it is, and I've always been a huge fan of his art, so... This reminds me of, like, Bill Sankiewicz. Oh. Uh, going but, back to the original New Mutants, right? But not yes. as funky. Um, yeah. But yeah. there was very good moments of... I mean, they, you know, they're trying to find Sam... Um, Cannonball mm-hmm. and he's somewhere out in the space whatever and so they go with the star jammers because of course there's a Krakoa tree that they can teleport to and it, the whole thing is just funny I, I laughed and that was really good so um, Excalibur that's that's they're dealing with the whole magic the magical aspect of the X-Men so you've got you know the Braddocks you've got Captain Britain or excuse me Captain yeah it's Captain Britain sorry and uh they they brought back Jamie, uh, the third uh, mm-hmm. Braddock brother, or excuse me, the third Braddock sibling. So that was interesting. But um, it's no longer Psylocke in her Japanese body. It's well, excuse me, it's no longer Psylocke anymore. It, Betsy is back. To she's being back to Betsy being normal, Braddock. right? Yes, she's got her British or English body back, and you know she's still freaking awesome. But. Um, yeah, that's the team. They've got Apocalypse on the team as well, so it's a, it's very interesting. Gambit, Rogue, uh, Jubilee. Um, so yeah, very interesting stuff. X Force. That was interesting. I'm not going to, of course, spoil anything. So I just want you to read that. Uh, the art in it is not good. Um, not impressed by it at all. Story wise, sure, I like it, and I actually like Black Tom Cassidy as I like how he's been used in the series, which I never in my life thought I'd ever say that about him. So. Yeah, but uh, yeah, everything's good. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm still digging it right now. But again, the art X Force is garbage. Like, just nope, 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 nope. And you'll probably feel the same way when you read it. So. Yeah, I'll pick up my comics sometime or another. I don't know. Uh, probably next Friday, the way it looks right now, unfortunately. So I'll have a nice big haul to take with me. So I think I'm going to start. Um, I have an issue. I have way too many games in, uh, in my gaming library, and, and I'm very happy that this holiday season is not going to hurt my wallet when it comes to video games because there's really nothing else out right now that I want to play. I think maybe I do want to play Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Um, get back good to stuff about the uh, well, the the whole game in general, the whole package uh, apparently is pretty good this year, except yeah, for the except, except for the co-op stuff. Uh, supposedly the the spec off mission I thought were pretty fun. No, I mean, I, at least the old ones were. Well, I don't know. I'm just saying these new ones. I was listening to was it last week's uh, bombcast, and they were pretty down on it. So I don't I know. So. Yeah, but you know that's teach's own. So uh, well, I'm not going to buy it yet until they've fixed it. I mean, I hear that yeah. right now some Xboxes are getting kick getting like crashes to the, mm-hmm. uh, to the back to the home screen but um, but yeah so I've got this huge catalog of games and so I am going to start with the letter A and go through and actually devote time to beating some of these games that I have in my catalog so the first one was Alan Wake I've already beaten it you know, I've already beaten the crap out of it played it several times so I'm not going to play that uh, the first one up is Alien Isolation and uh, I've had that one forever, and I think I actually started it and just never went back to it. So I'm going to start a fresh new playthrough. 
I might even stream some and, and put it on the uh, Facebook if anybody wants to watch it and watch me f- get freaked out. Because um, that is it's pretty scary when that alien randomly just pops up in places, you know, and it's not scripted. But I'm going to play through it and then uh, give my thoughts on it on the podcast whenever I, I beat it and stuff. Well, and then I'm going to go from there and clear out my entire 400-game catalog that I've got. Good luck, that's all I can say. Well, I've gotten away from it just because, you know, I've become so obsessed with achievements. I'm such an achievement whore, as you know. But mm-hmm. just trying to get back to actually locking games for just locking them, you know, just gameplay-wise, give them a chance. You know, back in the day, man, when we were like, when Game Crazy showed up, we were literally playing anything and just having a good time with it. Oh, yeah. I remember, I remember the uh, dark days of uh, Game Crazy first opening and us trading everything in and blah, blah, blah. Taking, taking advantage of our nostalgia. Yeah. yeah. Our nostalgia was terrible, though, because we played those games for maybe a day at the most and then sent everything back. Yeah, sent everything it. back. Yeah, this X-Men game. Why did, why did I think that playing the original X-Men game in the Genesis was going to be fun? Because wow, that game is yeah. hard. Yeah. It is. Uh, other than that, other than that, everything's good, man. Um, that's that's been on lately, on last since last week. So, well, you're forgetting something. Uh, you uh, Sunday, no Monday, you texted me about Watchmen, and I hadn't watched it yet. I had oh. <coughs> so let's talk. What do you think? All right, all right. Third well, go ahead. I'm going to say this spoiler alert. So go ahead, Jason. Well, pro- well, just, I don't know, speed ahead a couple minutes, whatever. Uh, spoiler alert, though. Um, so, we have to agree. Well, I'm, I'm glad now that Adrian Veig is actually Adrian Veig. So. Yes. Um, but on the flip side, I'm pretty sure Dr. Manhattan's got him captured. That's what I, that's my first thought. I don't you know think if that's he's on Mars? Felt. Yes. Definitely. Like, it, it's hitting me because, I mean, that body is frozen and... Mm-hmm. Why is it frozen? Yeah. And he and put the, it in game one. And it was a makeshift, almost uh, looked like an astronaut uh, suit, space suit. Yeah, he's so. trying to get out. He's trying to yeah. get away. He's trying to get back to Earth. That's that's my first thought. The other thing that I'm thinking about, though, that kind of goes against that theory is that why would Dr. Manhattan even care? Exactly. At the end of the original Watchmen, the comic, you know, he's, he's done with humanity. Like, mm-hmm. it's just... Just nothing to him anymore. But can we talk about what's her name? The actress that plays uh, Silk Spectre. What is her name? Uh, uh, of course, you throw this out there, and I wasn't prepared. I can't remember. She's. I'm been, looking it up right now, but we can agree here, though. She knocked it out of the park. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. She was. I know she was in Designing Women. Yes, that's that's the one I was thinking of too. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that uh, that one check. From, oh, okay. Uh, let's see here. Where, I thought I had it. No, I don't. Jean Smart. Yes, that's it. She's been in so many good things lately. She was in the second season of Fargo, which if you don't watch Fargo, go watch it. It's an anthology series, so every season's different, different, uh, different story, different cast and crew. She is phenomenal in it. Uh, she was also in Legion. All three seasons of that. She just kills in anything she's in. I, I, she's like on a renaissance in her career. I mean, you go from designing women to this. So, uh, you know, design, design, <laughs> design women, man. Designing women is a big Lutini! Lutini! <laughs> Whatever. Um, but, dude, she kills it as Silk Spectre. Um, God, that was just 
very amazed. And that that blue dildo too. That 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 made me laugh. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it was it was random. I'll tell you that. But uh, the way that she went in there and broke down every person, all the uh, every I guess uh, superhero, if you will, in the police force in Tulsa, how she went in there and just clean house, talking so much smack, you know. God, uh-huh. it was so good. I liked her inter- interaction with the uh, Looking Glass when uh, she first got there. Yeah, that's good stuff. Um, it's uh, we're going places now. We're picking up. Uh, I don't know what to say. It just like it's it's good. It's just I I really dig everything about it without giving too much away. Which I know we don't really care that much, but this is one of those where I'm like, I really don't want to talk too much because I don't want to spoil it for people because I really think they should be watching this. Uh, if you've ever read Watchmen, uh, I never, I never thought you'd see a sequel to it that would be something that would be uh, this good. Uh, I, I did miss uh, not getting as much uh, Regina King in this one. As we have, which I understand. But she chews out the scenery, man. Yeah. When she's in, she's and like, oh, I was sad when uh, they pretty much made sure Don Johnson was never coming back. Uh, when the Seventh uh, Cavalry, you know, the the suicider come in, and then she dumped his coffin on top of the bomb and blew up everything. It was. Uh, which you also have to think: Is the senator involved with the Seventh King- Cavalry? Uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure what's happening yet. Uh, I'm still not 100% sold that uh, uh, Don Johnson, uh, what's his name in that? I can't remember all of a sudden. Uh, I've got it right here. Judd Crenshaw, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm still not 100%. I'm close, but I'm still not sold completely that that was his uh, his costume. In the in the closet and all that, but uh, that was a Klansman outfit. I mean, just say for what it yeah. is. I mean, so well, um, we've had some issues here, and I'm really not going to go into <laughs> detail about it. But like, uh, I'm not going to. I don't want really. I'm tired of talking about <laughs> that just because of some stupidity that happened around here on Halloween. So yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, man, it's such a good show. So um, what else? Um, so I also like how it feels anytime we see Jerry Irons or Ozzy Minus, uh it feels like it's a a black crater type of deal doesn't it because yeah. you know in the comic book there was a black crater which kind of was the um, story that was loosely kind of uh, I guess based on what was going on between Ozzy Minus right mm-hmm. or I can't remember who exactly it actually is supposed to counter follow it's been so long since I've read it I really meant to go back and read that again, but I have it. So yeah, I just like it how we get all this serious stuff, and all of a sudden we have Jeremy Irons. Oh, who it's I so out is, there. Yeah, it's so out there. But I feel like he's having the best time in his oh, life. Oh, he's chewing up the scenery. I look forward to it. I was I was worried because you know he didn't come in until the back half of the episode anyway, right? When it right. towards the end, and I was like, man, are we not going to get him in this episode because? It's so bonkers. What I, you know? What's he going to do next, and all that? So, uh, and then uh, it's and then there was the whole 
conversation between uh, gosh I forgot I can't think of anybody's name all of a sudden uh, what's her name in Dr. Manhattan on the phone or whatever yeah, you want to call that Silk Spectre thank you I was trying to think of her actual name and I can't all of a sudden uh, it's supposed to be uh, uh, it's Blake Agent Lori Blake Lori Blake. Blake. Blake so uh, I was like where is this going and then you know all that at the end with the car dropping back uh, from uh, out of the sky and all that so mm-hmm. uh I'm There's one other character that we've yet to really see, and that's the uh, the lady that took over all of Adrian Vike's, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, and patents and stuff. Doesn't she come in in the next episode? I'm sure she does, I but think it seems she like she might be the, the villain. Uh, um, I think Possible she, villain, maybe. She was the one that they showed in the previews. Uh, I, I, I don't know her name, but it's... Uh, Lady something something. Yeah, something... We're well prepared tonight. That's all right, though. I totally forgot we were going to talk about this. Hard to watch the episode again. I should have. I, I watched it last night. I actually come home and had intentions of watching this, uh, catch up on Castle Rock, and watch his Dark Materials. And oh, that was so good. I was so tired last night. Like I sat down and I fell asleep ten minutes into the episode, the Watchmen episode, and it was one of those sleeps where like. You know, you just blink your eyes and you wake up and you're like, what happened? Like, the TV had cut itself off and everything. I was like, crap. So I started it back up and watched it uh, last night, but I just couldn't do any more. Uh, it's good. Stuff. Like, I haven't read the books uh, probably about, shoot, 10, 10, 12 years. I probably need to go back and read them again, but they're good, man. It's some good stuff. Yeah, I'll probably try to watch it. <clears throat> Hopefully when we get done recording tonight, depending on how long we go. But, uh, I did manage to catch up. I'm not completely catch, caught up, but I watched two episodes of uh, Castle Rock. And, man, I'm telling you, watch that show. You don't, even need, to, you don't need to watch it. It's so good. Man. Uh, there's, uh, why? Why do you not want to watch it? <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just being lazy. It's good, man. Uh, it was... Uh, <laughs> <this> <laughs> it really picks up steam... Uh, with the four, I'm on, I'm starting episode five, but episode four really kicks in into high gear. Uh, this isn't really a spoiler, but there's a nice uh, callback to Misery in this one. Uh, I can't remember his name in Misery, the guy that she captures all the of a sudden. Yeah, but uh, of course, you know he's tied up on the bed for the whole movie. Uh, well, in this one they flip flop that, and she's tied up in the bed. For for part of the episode, and you know, of course, you got that call back, and I was like, oh, it's good. Uh, really, I'm really digging it. Lizzie Kaplan is doing a killer job in this. Well, actually, everybody's doing a real good job uh, acting wise. Uh, I'm I'm still not entirely sure where it's going. Um, there's the Salem Salem's Lot stuff that's happening and it's really starting to come to the forefront now so I wonder if they're going to be changing the Dark Tower stuff as well I'm sure they can uh, I don't well, know can they though I yes. don't know yeah they can pull they pull from all of uh, King's work so uh, I don't think they have in this one and I can't honestly can't remember if they did in the first one uh, but uh, you need to watch it just you don't, like I said, you don't even have to watch the first season if you don't want to. I'm really 
I'm enjoying this season way more than I did the first season. I think I said that last week, but interesting. Hmm. Uh, other than that, for me, uh, still playing Torchlight Two. Uh, we played quite a bit the night before last, and uh, it's just a good loot game. We uh, we made it. We played for almost two hours. Uh, got a lot of loot. Caught some fish. Just, you know, more of the same. Uh, <laughs> the nice thing is, though, with this one, you know, like in Diablo 3, so you had to quit out, you know, like mid-mission or something like that. You all, you know, when you come back in, you have to redo the whole thing from the beginning. Uh, with this one, everything that you've uh, wiped and uh, cleared out is gone, so you don't have to worry about fighting your way back through a bazillion people to get back to where you were before, uh, which is nice. I mean, yeah, yeah. You, could, you could be getting more loot, but that part of the grind uh, sometimes uh, wears thin on me, but uh, it's just a real good game. Uh, other than that, I haven't played anything. Uh, like we said, the extra life stuff, it, it, it drained me. It took me till now. Tonight's the first night I felt you know, really back to normal. It, so, mm. but getting back into the swing of things. So, uh, I don't know. We'll see. There's really, like you said, there's this is a kind of uh, everybody's talking about how. Oh, you know what we didn't talk about? Uh, were you awake when Jonathan uh, booted up Spider Man? Yeah, I saw the beginning, but then after that, I was like, out. Yeah, that, that looked really Man. good. Man. That I've never wanted to buy a PlayStation 4. Just, you know, I've always played Xbox and that's where we all play. And so, never. That's the. Uh, I, I found myself today looking at Black Friday ads like, hmm, where if I get a PlayStation 4 Pro cheap? You know what I'm saying? It's, uh, it's, yeah, you might as well just wait for the PlayStation 5. I know, but I'm. Just, well, I don't want a PlayStation 5. I'm, I'll get my Xbox and I'll be fine. But made that game look good, uh, graphics wise, play wise. I didn't play it. Did you play it? No, I didn't. I didn't either. Uh, Josh and Brandon both played it. Josh really dug it. So, uh, it's uh, that was a good game. But I mean, other than that, I have done nothing. I grabbed my Star Wars Thrawn book, uh, the new one from Zon. Well, the first in this new series of ones he's writing. And I had every intention of starting to read it uh, this week, and it just sits in my backpack and looks at me. So, I don't know. I hope to maybe start on it, but we'll see. I'm back reading uh, on uh, Dune, God Emperor of Doom, excuse me. So, I think that's like the fourth book in the series. How many books are in that? Six. And then there's a bunch written with his with, with his, his son, son and Kevin J. Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I'm not going to touch those. Oh. It sounded so good exactly. until you said that. It's like, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's it for me too. Um, let's go ahead. <laughs> excuse me. Let's go ahead and dive into a little bit of news this week. I didn't really pull too much. Uh, like uh, really, I know I've said it already, but Extra Life uh, really uh, kind of took over for the whole weekend and the last few days, just trying to recover. So. I didn't dive too far in, but uh, we did. I did pull a few things here. Uh, first one, uh, I kind of went back and forth on whether you even put this in here, just because 
of the whole Blizzard con- controversy that controversy that's going on right now. But uh, I went ahead and pulled it because uh, there's one big announcement in here that I care about. Uh, so they had BlizzCon over the weekend. And as always, this is where they announce their upcoming titles and what's ahead and all that. So I'm going to run down through these uh, just real quick. Uh, the first one here is uh, Hearthstone's newest expansion, The Sin of Dragons. Uh, as we all know by now, I am a former player of Hearthstone. and I love that movie, A Sin of a Dragon. Yeah, the owner, Son of a Lady in it. That's all right. I uh, I will not be going back to Hearthstone, although I thought about it for about two seconds because the dragon cards were some of my favorites in the in the game. But I refuse to go back because I think about how screwed over I got on one match, and I just don't want to. Uh, but I'm sure that if you're a fan, it's going to be good. Uh, after that, they had uh, not a real big surprise. They announced Overwatch Two. Probably won't be playing that. I did like the first one, but I never did really get into it too much. Those first-person MOBA-style games, I just never did catch on with me. Did you ever play any? I've still got my <coughs> copy. <laughs> I'm actually looking at it right now. Hi. Did you, Hi ever pl- did, you ever, did you ever play it with us or anything? I played a little bit. I never played with you guys. Yeah, never. I mean, it was fun, but it's one of those that, you know... It's fun for a weekend, and then after that, you're just kind of like, okay, play something. I else enjoy now. watching the videos I see on Reddit of people or people doing some extraordinary stuff yeah. with characters. You know, yeah, there's kills some crazy very stuff interesting going on. Ways, so. uh, World of Warcraft announced their latest expansion. Uh, it is what it is. I've dabbled in World of Warcraft just a little bit, but never could get into it too much. Uh, let's see, Shadowlands. Yeah, Shadowlands is the name of it. So I guess if you're a fan of that, which um, after the last expansion, I don't know how many fans there are because I, I, as far as I've heard, that was not good, and the fans were not happy with what they did. So there's that, and then there's the big one. We all knew it was coming, but Diablo Four, and man, does it look good! Did you watch that yeah, trailer? I Gosh. Yeah, I liked it. I am excited. A druid turned into a bear yeah. like, very seamlessly. I mm-hmm. liked it. It was cool. So I'm actually cool. looking forward to playing that. Of course, that's on a high end PC, so you know, I'm sure they'll be fi- it'll be fine on the consoles. This won't be. It'll so. be out on the new consoles. Oh yeah, it'll be out day and date. I'm just saying, you know, anytime you get those cinematic trailers and uh, gameplay trailers, it's always on a high end, especially with somebody like Blizzard. But uh. I'm excited. I have no idea what class I'll go with. I'm sure it'll be a ranged one since it's the only thing I ever play. But uh, I think that's what I played in that five-minute dungeon as well. Yeah. So, uh, but that's it. Anything really stick out with you other than Diablo 4? Nah, not really, man. Blizzard's not you're my not, forte. I was about to say, you're not real big on Blizzard, are you? Nah, I'm not too big on their policies lately either. But yeah. I know you don't want to talk about that too much, but you no. know, it's fine, but... But yeah, screw them. But yeah, I am looking forward to uh, Diablo 4, though. Yeah, we'll play that. But uh, I'm with you. I mean, I'm kind of soured. I, well, I mean, Hearthstone st- soured me in the first place. But then, you know, all this other nonsense that's going on with them. Uh, just, 
stupid, so we won't even go into it. Uh, moving on from there, we've uh, got a little Marvel news. Uh, I was happy about this one. Uh, Peyton Reed uh, is back to direct Ant-Man 3, which uh, I'm excited for. I'm a big fan of both those films. I think I like the second one better than the first, but uh, I'm excited that they get to close out which I, what I'm assuming is this trilogy. Uh, did you watch the first two, Clay? I can't remember. I haven't watched the first one. I watched the second one and was mm-hmm. very entertained. I yeah. thought it was great. Yeah. It was, uh, first one's good. Of course, you know, origin story, so on and so forth. But the second one, bring in Wasp. I thought they, uh, both of them played off each other really good. Uh, Michael Douglas has said he's coming back already. I would really like to see some more of the, uh, original Ant-Man stuff that you know that they always tease showing mm-hmm. a little bit of it all of them so but I just want to throw that out there because I find that exciting uh, they hadn't really spoke of uh, Ant-Man too much you know I don't think they said anything in any of the press releases for uh, Phase 4 and you know what little bit we've seen from Phase 5 so uh, it's good to hear that he's going to come back and get to finish that out yeah. uh, they say everybody I still see it quite a bit on Twitter and stuff people are just begging them to speaking of Phase 5 begging them to get uh, John Krasinski and Emily Blunt to play Reed and Sue Richards in the Fantastic Four <laughs> oh god that I could actually I might actually dig that I should have sent you the picture that somebody put up of the two of them it was in the uh, Future Foundation you know the Hickman uh, the white costumes yeah it had that's I've got that right, don't I? Yeah, uh, it had the it had them both of them in those costumes, and I was like, man, that looks really good. So uh, we'll see. I, you know, who knows what they'll go with? But uh, anyway, uh, that's it for your Marvel minute this week because I'm trying to keep my Marvel talk down uh, as <laughs> much as possible. Uh, don't forget Disney Plus is next week, so I'm sure we'll dive back in a little bit more but anyway uh, from there got some Batman news uh, I am uh, getting more excited for this Batman movie as they drop names uh, uh, they're not confirmed but they're uh, you know they're being floated uh, Andy Serkis as Alfred and Colin Farrell as the Penguin <laughs> <laughs> I, dude, I don't even know what to think. I saw that and I was perplexed. The, I was uh, just... the, the circus one, you know, it's fine. That would, I think he would be fine as Alfred. The, I don't know. I thought it would be more of as a uh, penguin. But you think so? You get, have they got him flip flop? Colin Farrell? Should no, be. no, he's going to be the penguin. <laughs> no, I'm saying in your mind should they be flip flop? Yeah. Well, I don't know about. I, I don't know. Just DC's whatever. Well, you know, I, I said the same thing about Heath Ledger being cast as a Joker. Oh, it was stupid. I was yeah. one of those dudes, and he knocked it out of the park. So I'm just going to shut my mouth and just let him do this. And yeah, I'll, I'm sure I'll watch it. Yeah, I'm. I'm I, Matt Reeves. Um, I liked his uh, Planet of the Apes reboot. Uh, uh, I've got faith in him. I, uh, he. I don't know if we ever mentioned that uh, Zoe Kravitz was going to be Catwoman. I can't remember if we did or not, but uh, I think that's good casting. Uh, I like where they're going. Uh, I will give uh, Robert Pattinson a try as Batman. 
uh, a lot of people always just associate him with Twilight. Can't be as worse as George Clooney. No, so. no. So, you know, we'll see where it goes. Uh, it sounded good, uh, but that Colin Farrell one, I'm with you. It's just, I mean, you know, it it could work. I don't know. I was like saying Woody Harrelson's going to play Alfred. Like what? That is what? I would pay. No. To see, I would pay to see that. that would, <laughs> I would pay. I would pay to see that. That would be okay with me. <laughs> so, but uh, uh, that's where we'll leave that one. I really don't have anything else to say. I, again, that's just another one I wanted to throw out there because, you know, is it going to be a different penguin? Is it going to be, you know, uh, uh, I don't know. We'll see. As long as they can get Gotham City right, that's that's the thing. You don't want to do too much and be like Tim Burton. You don't want to do Tim Burton. You don't want to do too realistic and end up being like Christopher Nolan. Mm -hmm. You're looking for that nice middle ground. Yeah. So we'll see. It'll be interesting when it comes out. Uh, uh, lastly, uh, Terminator Dark Fate bombed at the box office this weekend. Uh, surprise, surprise, a Terminator movie bombing. I didn't know how good it was going to do, but I didn't think it would do. I mean, it was number one, which says something, but like it only it made $29 million. Now, in fairness, neither one of us have seen this, so we can't... I already read the spoilers for it, though. I just went to movie spoiler. I was like, eh... I knew you would. And I thought about it too, but I didn't. So, it, I mean, from what I can tell, from the, and I'm not going to say anything right now, because um, I definitely don't want to spoil it for anybody, but uh, it seems like they've done a good job rebooting things. I mean, that's the only thing I could really say that makes any kind of sense. So, well, right now, uh, the article I'm looking at is from Screen Rant. And it says the film was on pace to lose 120 million on a 185 million production budget. Budget. So uh, they were hoping that it would uh, uh, well catch China. on in China, which is the second biggest market. But uh, it only made 28 million there, come in second, I think it was. Jeez. So I don't know. Um, I didn't see that coming. I mean, every preview I watched for it uh, got me more jazz than the last. Uh, but that's going to lead us into uh, this week's uh, main event. And we're going to look back at Terminator, the Terminator franchise, and talk a little bit about the movies. Uh, I will say <clears throat> Terminator Salvation, I have not seen in a long time. And I wanted to watch it before we did this, but I didn't get to. But we'll get to that in a few minutes uh, but we just kind of wanted to look back at uh, where the franchise has been and where it apparently is not going <laughs> the way they're talking so because uh, it is one of my favorite and I think it I think you'll agree it's one of yours two sci-fi franchises at least through the first two movies uh, but anyway let's dive in with the first Terminator, which came out in 1984, directed by James Cameron. 84, I would have been... Uh, gosh, you did you watch 84, though? Uh, yes, I did. Uh, I would have been... Eight. I was two years old. 
So I was the type of person that did not watch the first Terminator until I was much older. I actually mm-hmm. ended up watching Terminator 2 before I watched Terminator 1. But for the time, it's a pretty freaky movie if you think about it. I mean, this, you know, you've got this dude coming from the future. I mean, they, they briefly show the future world at war as well in that too, don't they? Yes. I mean, yeah, yeah, at the beginning so. they do. Right. Uh, they, they, uh, actually, I think it's... Uh, they have a couple of it, but the the they got the big one at the first of it, where you first get introduced to what's going on. That's exactly on. what James Cameron did in the first two movies, though. You know, he just teased yeah. the future war, and then you know the movie started. Um, I mean, I know that this is the Terminator is the is the movie that launched his career pretty much, and I know yes. that Arnold Schwarzenegger at the time had already been in a couple of the movies, of course. But I think this kind of solidified him as a leading man in Hollywood. I would um, I would say so. Um, it's the first movie I remember him in. Uh, there was movies before that. Uh, there was a really weird western comedy with uh, Kirk Douglas. I can't remember the name of it right now that he was in. And there was a Hercules movie and so on and so forth. But this is the one that really put him on the map, I think. At least it's the one I consider. Yeah. And but yeah, this is just this very brutal movie, man. When he takes out all the Sarah now it's not bloody or anything, mind you. You know, from what I remember, mm-hmm. it just it's, it's crazy. You know, he just immediately starts, you know, gunning down Sarah Connors. He finds in the phone book, um, the whole thing about you, this dude's been sent back in time. I, I can't remember. Did did Kyle specifically say that? Okay. That John's okay. Did he say that he specifically sent John in, or that John sent Kyle to the to past to yes. protect Sarah, right? To protect Sarah Connor. Yes. So he has no idea what he doesn't his know in this. what that he is John's be father. His father. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but as in any kind of horror movie like that, you know, when you see brief glances of the of the killer, the big payoff is when you get to see, you know, him in, in his full endoskeleton yeah. glory. You know, you see the entire robot just chasing them down and stuff like that. So I can remember uh, the first time I watched that. Uh, it's it literally scared me to death. <laughs> I mean, I was eight years old, and my parents were. Watching it and then making us watch, making me watch it. Well, me and my brother, but uh, uh, that was scary at the time. I mean, in '84, and you know, uh, he's chasing after him. And of course, when you look at the special effects now, it's not nearly as good as it was then. But back then, it was uh, it was uh, scary. And I remember being so happy when he got caught in that trash compactor. Man, oh yeah. And the music in it's really good too. Yeah, like it has yeah. like a very dark feel to it. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not talking like any of the actual uh, the score. I guess yeah. is what I'm in reference to. Um, but yeah, wow. And it's a it's such a good movie. Um, it's not as good as the second. I mean, the second one blows it out of the water. I mean, the second is the blueprint for an action movie. How it should be done. I mean, I, I think it's a perfect movie. I mean, I haven't watched it in a while. But I, I, I mean, I watched some yeah, stuff I, on YouTube today just to kind of read, um, just refresh my memory and stuff, and mm-hmm. I was just so like, "Wow, this is amazing!" It's 
I can agree with that. I can get on board with that. It's it took what he set forth in that first one and just amplified it, you know, to thirteen, and it was well. Uh, that's that's exactly what happened in Alien and Alien. Same you know? thing. I mean, yes. yeah, it's a horror movie, if you will, but then the the second movie is action. I mean, it literally mm-hmm. just. Putting adrenaline into into your body, and it just the, it, the second one is yeah. The second one's not even close to being. I, I don't think I couldn't think of a scene in that movie that you know scared me, you know, like a jump scare type of thing. Whereas in the first one, there was some uh, there was some rough stuff in there, like uh, you know when he comes up at the beginning and he just puts his fist through Bill Paxton's chest and all that stuff oh, yeah. and. So on and so forth. Uh, I don't know. The T-1000, though, in the Terminator 2 has his moments. I mean, you know, when he's already killed uh, John's foster parents and he's acting like John's foster mom. Yeah. And, you know, the camera pans to the right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's got that that whole knife. His hands turn into that knife, of course. And it just impaled the back of his neck. Um, that was... That still oh, yeah. like resides with me today. You know, I was thinking that, that as a kid, that. I was like, "Gosh!" But uh, but yeah, uh, Robert is it Robert Patrick? Yes, dude, man, I think he does a stellar job. I mean, with his mannerisms—he just he sells it so well that he's a robot. <laughs> yep, he, the uh, way he runs, the way he runs. Oh gosh, <laughs> it, that, it freaks me out. The uh, uh, the part that always stuck out for me. And that one was uh, when they go to uh, the one guy's house from the first one. Uh, I can't remember his name now, but uh, and he cuts his you know he cuts his arm off. Well, he cuts the skin off and everything. Oh, it's rips uh, his, you know who I'm talking about? The guy, the, the scientist, the, the scientist that yeah. uh, takes the cyborg arm from the first one. Yeah, and that's how cyber. He's uh, Miles. Is it Miles? Miles. Miles? Yes. Miles yeah. Dyson. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I do remember that. That was a crazy scene. One of my favorite scenes in Terminator 2, um, of course, is opening with the whole future world. Mm-hmm. But it's when they're in the mall and John turns that corner. You know, the T-1000 is coming after him in when the hallways. They're in, when they're in the back hallways of the mall. Man, and yeah. Arnold has that those flowers mm-hmm. hiding the shotgun. And, it's, and it plays that music, that same dark music. Like, you know, oh, crap. You know, he, John's dead. And then, because if you didn't, if you didn't watch the trailers and had no idea, you're just like, oh crap, this dude's back, you know. And there's two people trying to kill him, whatever. But you know, and he pulls that shotgun out in slow motion, and then starts, you know, just pumping bullets into the T1000. I love that. Um, and when they go bust Sarah out of the out of the out of the insane asylum, war, yeah, yeah, dude. When she sees him come out of the elevator in slow motion, and she starts freaking out. No, yeah. no, no. Um, that was just a very powerful moment, and um, one of my favorite I, scenes in in that asylum part, and it's just a little minor thing, but uh, they're being chased by the T one thousand, and you know, of course, he's just blending through like the bars and stuff, and his gun gets caught. And it's just a little yeah. minor thing, but you know, his gun gets caught. He just looks down, turns his hand, and walks on. I don't know what it is, but that part was always—I always thought that was uh, <laughs> just so. I was like, "Huh, look at that!" 
I don't know why. One other part right after that, though, is when uh, the orderlies, you know, catch up to Sarah and they're trying to pump her full of drugs, whatever. Oh, man. They don't man. notice that Arnold Schwarzenegger is coming and he's mm-hmm. going to shotgun his hand. No one's paying attention to him. I'm like, hey, guys, you know, this guy is going to kill you. Um, but, uh, God, man, it's such a good movie. Um, you know, that scene where she flashes back to Los Angeles and, then, you know, the new kid, the new- and she turns into. into her flesh burns away. Yeah. It's just her skeleton just banging on that fence. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, also when Sarah, you know, looks up, you know, when he clears off the Orleys, he's like, come with me if you want to live. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's just classic stuff, man. Of course, the soundtrack, Guns N' Roses. Guns N' Roses did the soundtrack. Well, but not yeah, the soundtrack. But uh, yeah. uh, You Could Be Mine, that was, uh, that was on repeat. In my uh, radio, my cassette tape, that was the only thing I listened to for uh, a full summer when that come out. Uh, it's it, it is it's uh, it's pretty much perfect movie. I can't really think of anything. Also, the relationship between John and the Terminator. Yeah, um, you know when they help him with his learning ship, whatever, because you know Skynet does not want their Terminators to think right. They I mean. Yeah. They're not supposed to be able to learn. But, you know, he starts to pick up on how it is to be human. And, you know, it leads to the, the you know, such a great ending the, where, you know, he knows, you know, he tells John pretty much, like, he, can't be your, he can't be his dad, you know. I always used to get a good laugh out of the the smiling part, you know, where he's trying to get him to smile. Yep. And then uh, Arnold's doing all kinds of just random, like, goofy smiles and all that stuff. Uh it's uh, my favorite part, and we watched it at the theater when it opened. My mom took us. Uh, we were in Nashville and staying with her, and we went to a theater there. I can't remember which one now, but anyway, the theater was packed. We had to sit third row in the theater. Of course, this is those old seats, you know, uh, not stadium seating, and you had to crane your neck all the way back as far as you could to watch the movie. And we're all watching it, and me and my brother are like, you know, cheering nonstop and like, ah, and all that stuff. And then at the end, <laughs> when uh, he sacrifices himself, you know, because he still has that chip in his brain. So he's being lowered down into the lava, and of course, he, he, he ends with that thumbs up. And I look over, and my mom is absolutely bawling. I mean, crying her eyes out. I yeah, laugh. I get, get teary. I get teary eyed, man, about that because uh, I get teary eyed about a lot of movies, but that never that never did get me like in that emotional way. But me and my brother both made fun of her for the rest of the day about laughing at Terminator. <laughs> we made fun of mom for the rest of her life. Mom, we're that time. That's stupid. That's dumb. He just put his finger and thumb up. Yeah. What are you crying for, Mom? Stupid. What? <laughs> so, so uh, we were like after Terminator 2, and then we went so long between that and Terminator 3. It went 91. was uh, You went from 84 to 91 from Terminator to Terminator 2. <coughs> Excuse me. And then from 91 till 2003, from Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. Uh, well, I don't know if I'm done yet. Well, actually, I think I'm done with Terminator 2. I mean, just, again, it's just an amazing film. And Yeah, I mean, we could go on and talk about it. I mean, I could talk about the whole 
uh, fight scene at the end on top of the semi, or you know, with the semi and the uh, uh, all that was happening. In, or the assault on Cyberdon. That yes. was pretty freaking awesome, man. Mm-hmm. Or where you know, just we didn't really touch on how uh, kick ass Sarah Connor was in the second one compared to the first. No, that is ones. important. Yeah, yeah, you're right. No, you're completely right. Uh, and, God, man, she's just incredible. Yeah. I mean, she is definitely one of the best. When you go back and ladies. watch, if you were to watch, you know, when you watch both those movies back to back, of course, there's that big time gap in between. But like, it's like two completely different. Actresses playing that role. I mean, it's still the same, uh, Linda Hamilton. But like, uh, man, it's just, and and you believe that she could like whoop you. You know what I'm saying? I mean, she was that bad in that movie. It was, uh, and you know, we we neglected to mention Edward Furlong. I mean, he's had some trouble since then, but I always dug him in that movie as John Connor. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. He was him and his. A little buddy at the beginning that were robbing ATMs and so on and so forth, you know. Yep. Uh, you know, and like we, like you said, with the uh, the uh, emotional scenes between him and the Terminator uh, were some good stuff. Uh, we've said it two or three times now, but like you can't get, you really can't get much better than Terminator Two when it comes to uh, a science fiction, you know, action flick like this, in my opinion. I mean, you could introduce it to anybody if you don't. Yeah. I don't see how anybody could not like it. Yeah, it's a it, it, and that's the thing. It's accessible to everybody. I mean, you know, Terminator. Uh, I wouldn't have a problem showing it to most people, but at the same time, it's pretty hard sci-fi. Well, I don't. Let me take that back. It's not hard sci-fi, but it's it's. Uh, you know, it's pretty ingrained in the sci-fi part, whereas the second one is uh, more action and uh, a lot more comedy in there too, and everything too. So, uh, oh, man, it's such a good movie. Except I wouldn't say it's like I mean, there there are bits and pieces of laughter in it, but it doesn't take away from the seriousness I, I, of the movie. No, that's I, the thing. Yeah, it's done at perfect times. <clears throat> yeah. But it, it there was some good funny mo- like at the beginning when he goes to the biker bar, right? Arnold Schwarzenegger first comes back and all that stuff, you know. Uh, there was some really good funny stuff in there, and it, but it also some painful stuff, you know, when he was beating the crap out of that entire bar and uh, so on and so forth. Of course, you know he come out playing they were playing uh, bad to the bone and all that stuff, so. Uh, and didn't even talk about that chase scene after he gets John Connor and he's being chased by the T-1000 in the semi, you know, oh, man, through the sewer ducts and all that stuff. Gosh. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. And then, But let's move on because we'll, <clears throat> excuse me, we'll talk about Terminator 2 all night. Uh, Terminator 3, uh, come out in 2003. Yeah. Uh, James Cameron was gone by now. It was directed by Jonathan Mostow and had Nick Stahl as John Connor, Claire Danes, and Christina Locken was the Terminator in this one. TX. TX, yes. What did you think? So, well, the ending's great. I was going to go there. That's uh, I really liked how they ended that one. It was just getting to the ending that was the problem. 
Um, so the director, Jonathan Mostow, I was like, man, what else has he directed? He actually directed that U-571 movie, yes. that submarine movie, it's and he also movie. directed Hancock. Mm-hmm. Hancock, um, not so great, but U-571 yep. is awesome. If you never seen, if you want to watch a good submarine movie with uh, John Bon Jovi in it, that's your one. Yeah. Um, so as a Terminator, like, I, I didn't, I did like the TX. I thought she was cool. I think it had more story issues and stuff than, you know, uh, anything. Uh, there were some cool moments in there. Uh, like, I'm trying to think. It's been so long since I've seen it. Uh, well, one of the best parts... Well, this is the thing. Okay, so the movie starts out like... John is just like working jobs here and there to survive, and mm-hmm. I think he like broke into some kind of animal hospital, you know, to yes. uh, get some kind of drugs or something. I don't know if he just was in pain or something, but that's where he met Claire Danes, and of course that's where they find out that Claire Danes is going to be a lieutenant in his army, mm-hmm. in the resistance, and his wife, um, Kate, that was her name. Um, one of the best parts of that is though when they go to find uh, Sarah Connor's casket. And yes. perfect Sarah Connor banner. They they had. I guess they just remembered that her body was cremated, and instead there's nothing but guns and mm-hmm. all kinds of crazy stuff in that. But um, I guess this is the the thing about it, though. This whole thing with Terminator Two about fate and fate is what you make it. Um, in the end of Terminator Three, it's like no, you can't. You can't. You can't stop it. Basically, right. it, It's going to happen. You have to accept your fate. Yeah. So, um, I, I did notice that this Terminator is a little different than the one they sent back. This is a T850. The other one was a T800. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess as, as part of a plot device, you know, this one had hydrogen fuel cells because, you know, that's what he uses to kill the, the TX person right. in the movie. Yeah. Uh, and I guess the big difference, though, is the big gotcha is that, you know, that uh, Skynet isn't um, like a mainframe. You know, it gets uploaded to the internet. Yeah, and so that's how the, the end of the world happens. Um, I thought it was cool at the end, though. I mean, just all right, here we go. That you ending, know, Judgment Day, has always been fun to me. I, I that was my favorite part in the movie. Um, it was just like you know, it's such a twist at the end because you you think you know where it's going, of course, and then you're like, wait a minute, it's going to happen anyway. It, it it was the only reason that I was uh, I, that I would have wanted to see sequels to see where they would have took it from there. Uh, you know, it's a sequel to that to Terminator Three. Of course, there was another right. sequel after that, but uh, uh, I would like to go back and watch it. Like I said, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but uh, I just remember, you know, he's talking about the the casket with all the guns in it. Isn't that the one where, like, Arnold's carrying it on his shoulder and all that stuff? Yes, that was pretty cool. For some, for some reason, and I don't know why, and this is completely off subject, but it makes me think <laughs> Monday Night Raw when the big boss man come to <laughs> the Giants' dad's funeral <laughs> and stole the, stole the casket. Oh, and the God. last shot you see is the Giant <laughs> riding on top of the casket oh, going down the road. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know why. It just Both of those images pop in my mind at the same time. I don't know. I don't know. 
you know, that, I don't know if that happened at the same time, you know what I'm saying, or what, but yeah. it was just like every time. But that is a cool moment when he bust out uh, that uh, uh, coffin or the what, – what, it was a uh, – what, a, a mausoleum they were in or something like that? Yes, it was a mausoleum. Yeah, and he bust out and has the uh, the coffin on his shoulder and all that stuff. Uh, but uh, that's really all we need to say about that one. Uh and that, that's what's sad is that you can yeah. sit there and say so much about the first two movies, but the third movie, I mean, I can't really recollect a lot. It's just kind of like, eh. Uh, just uh, that ending. I mean, that ending always stuck with me. Uh, yeah. It was a, uh, it, it was a great ending. I'll give it that. It made me want to see where they were going to take it from there. So. Uh, yeah, took, and then they, yeah, they took it from there. They, they, took, they did. did. Uh, next up was uh, Terminator Salvation. In 2009. And mind you, this is all the same timeline. This is all the same timeline, pretty now, much. Now, I remember when this, uh, when before it came out and the trailers for this one and everything, and I was excited. This looked like a good Terminator movie. Uh, well, it's it's finally given what the fans wanted. Yeah. They wanted to see what was going on during the, you know, in the future. After Judgment Day. In the yeah. future, yeah. Uh, of course, it's directed. It came out in 2009. Like I said, it's directed by MCG and yeah, Mick G. Ugh, what yeah. a hack! Uh, that's why I just go with MCG. Uh, it has Christian Bale as John Connor, Connor, uh, and John Worthington as Marcus Wright. Oh yeah, sorry, I can't read or talk tonight. Sam Worthington as uh, Marcus Wright. Well, you know, when I, heard about, it, so. when I heard about the casting for this, I was like, okay, they're actually taking this serious. Mm-hmm. You know, after the third one, I was like, all right, cool. And I was, I was very excited about it. I really was. Um, I think I went and watched that at the old theater with Josh. Or maybe it was... Uh, did we watch... It was old. Did we all watch that together? No, nah, Josh was in town. He called me up, and I remember okay. we didn't watch it. So. I watched it at the theater, but I can't... I, I, I don't remember who with... Uh, that shows you how much I remember about the movie, you know. But I was excited. Uh, like you said, you finally get to see what happens in the future and so on and so forth. Uh, well, I mean, the interesting part is that John's not the leader of the resistance. It's some other general. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, everything kind of comes around to the fact that they're looking for Kyle. Which is played by the late Anton Yelchin. I always forget yep. about that. Uh, also had... I mean, there was some... It had Bryce... Go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, Bryce Dallas Harper. Uh, Howard. Yeah, the the always great uh, Michael Ironside. And then I didn't, I forgot Common was in this and Helena Bonham Carter as well. Huh. Uh, like I said. Yeah, Bryce Dallas Howard is like pretty much, you blink and you pretty much miss her. That's what I figured. I, I, um, I didn't care for the movie. I didn't care for the ending. I didn't care for when... Uh, the T-800s come out and they all had the CG rendered Arnold Schwarzenegger thing happening with them, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I do want to sit down and watch this again and see just how bad it was. It's been so, you know, because it's been so long since I've seen well, it. Well, there's some cool stuff to it. I mean, uh, there I mean, was that cool all the different scene. types. Of, there's all those different yeah. types of Terminators. I mean, you've got uh, that one Terminator. Was, it, well, I guess it looks like they were still trying to figure things out. I guess it was part of the timeline, I guess, mm-hmm. because, you know, they hadn't perfected the... I guess that's what you see is with the perfected... Uh, At the end. And, yeah. 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 They're working towards that. And so, uh, 
I don't know. It's what, just what did you think about Sam Worthington playing Marcus, like the human slash robot hybrid? Mm-hmm. I, I, if I remember right, I think that was one of the highlights of it for me. I think I liked his character. Yeah. Um. But I. It's just I. I my thing is though, I just was so end, turned course, off John, with it. Yeah, go ahead. Right. Well, John gets stabbed in the heart, right? Yes, and he's dying. Mm-hmm. And Sam Worthington's character is like, "Oh, I'll just give you my heart." <laughs> yeah. Whatever. He's gonna die. I'm like, how are you gonna be doing like heart surgery in the middle of a desert? Because you can. It's right the future. It's the future. You can do that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Very smart. I don't know. Just stuff just didn't make sense. Yeah. I, yeah. It was very disappointing for years of just wanting to see the future war, and it's not the same. Well, you, uh, you know that, and you know, it's just not. I mean, it's hard to live up to Terminator Two. I wouldn't want to follow it up at all. You know what I'm saying? Nope. nope. And. Uh, they just they they okay so that's two two back to back that they dropped the ball with really you got one good ending in Terminator three and you for me I think in Salvation like you said there was some good there was some pretty if I remember right some pretty good action scenes wasn't there that one with the uh, like the motorcycle things or whatever in there you remember mm-hmm. what I'm talking about yeah they got the little motorcycle uh, yeah. hybrids whatever yeah. they turn into little Terminators as well yeah. yeah. You know, it had some pretty There's good some cool action. robots in it. Yeah, so. uh, the effects were good, but like story-wise and stuff, dropped the ball again. Uh, which leads us into uh, the next one, which was Terminator Genesis in 2015. I didn't really watch this, but I saw a video about it. And I'm still glad I haven't watched it. I like Genesis. I wanted to see what happened after it ended. I thought it was a nice well, reboot to what they... Yeah, it's a reboot, right? Yeah. I mean, it really... it Yeah, it it was nice. Uh, I thought it was a fun movie. Uh, I don't think it was anything, you know, like life-changing or anything like that, but uh, it was uh, it was fun. It was nice seeing no, Arnold back in they there. Made, they made John bad, though, right? Because the... Yeah, he gets infected. The virus. Yes. Uh I thought Jai Courtney was uh, great. He was a good Kyle Reese. Uh, they had Jason Clark as John Connor. Connor. Man, I cannot talk to that. And, of course, Amelia Clark was uh, Sarah Connor in this one. Elise. Uh But the problem with, with it was they gave away the, uh, the big reveal in the trailer. Uh, now normally I'm not a stickler for trailer, you know, trailers revealing stuff. Uh, it doesn't bother me that much. But was that the movie starts no. though? Is like no. pretty much the, the war. The war is like ended right between the robots, and they're just he's got to send Kyle back in time just to make sure you know he does his thing, and then right when he's being sent, um, that uh, secret agent for the robots whatever, uh, yes. like jumps out and infects him. Yeah, but you don't know it at the time. But yes, yeah. Uh, okay. And then everything kind of goes sideways from there. Uh, it's kind of a fun little thing. Uh, you see some uh, different uh, angles, I guess, of ter- from the first Terminator, and and 
Like Sarah was ready, yeah. right? Because they sent a Terminator back from the into the seventies. Yes. She was raised by That's she was, she was raised by Terminator, and so uh, when Kyle comes back, uh, it's completely it starts off the same as Terminator, but then it just goes completely bonkers from there, and hmm. so on and so forth. But I, I mean, it's not the greatest movie in the world, you know. But it, uh, I really did like. I liked where it ended and all that. I, I wish we would have seen where they went with I'm going to check it out. Uh, you may not like it. I, I, it's pretty uh, decisive as to whether you like it or not, but I had a good time with it. Uh, again, I can go into a movie and just enjoy it for what it is. You know, you know how it is. People always want to pick apart movies and all that whereas I can sit down with something like especially by now when you look at the last two movies I, I went into Genesis I, when I sat down and watched I said okay I'm just going to sit and watch this I'm not going to try to nitpick I'm not going to think about the previous movies I'm just going to watch it for what it is and see how much I liked it and I liked it it was a fun ride uh, Matt Smith uh, I would have liked to have seen what they did because he was the one that infected John Connor and then he survives the ending and it goes from there. It would have went from there. It grows right. $440 million worldwide which isn't terrible. So... Well, it's just what what what? Why are people missing the mark on what makes the Terminator so good? I mean, at least the second one still kept it with the brooding music. And I don't stuff. know. Everything else is because it's just become too purely. It's almost like Resident Evil, like the games, mm-hmm. the game series. Game series started out so scary, so scary, so scary. Then it started getting a little bit more action, action. Now it's completely action. I'm not even scared of what's you know mm-hmm. coming at me. I'm just it's a shooter now. Until they rebooted uh, with Resident Evil 7. But that's what it's starting to feel like here, that it's just become too action-oriented. And I guess you can attribute that to Terminator 2, because, you know, that's the direction they took. Um, I think... uh, uh, Do you think it's just fatigue in general with these Terminator movies? Well, how much more can be said? Yeah. That's that's the thing. How many more times are we going to send well, robots in, the, in? I don't know into the past to, to rescue whoever. Um, and that's the thing about the new movie. Uh, there's going to be some stuff I don't know how you're going to feel about. But I was like, you know, it was gutsy. But I think it was the best direction to take mm-hmm. um, going forward. Yeah, the you know, we can't speak towards the latest one, obviously. Um, but it's uh, I don't know. I just. I don't see how you can. If it had been me, I would have stopped it too, and been, you know, this is it. I realize you want to make money, and they do make. Well, they did make money apparently, but not anymore. Hollywood's out of ideas. Yada yeah. yada. Um, I mean, you you know, we've seen it with, uh, well, Alien, you know, Prometheus and uh, Alien Covenant. Uh, you know, they tried to do Alien versus Predator stuff. Uh, well, you said you're Ridley Scott. How do you drop the ball on the franchise that you pretty much helped yeah. make? Like, how do you drop the ball, man? Like, stop it! Like, I, who cares about the origin of Xenomorphs? Uh, go back, go back, and make Alien Three. Go back and make Alien well, Ridley. <clears throat> Bring Sigourney Weaver back. We're diverging a little bit, but you know, Neil Neil right. Blomkamp. 
who right. did uh, District 9 and Elysium uh, was going to do that and it looked awesome I remember all that stuff they was dropping for that one you know all his previs arts and stuff like that and they shelved it on him so uh, but anyway you know you got that you know the Predator the one that just come out uh, was it two years ago now year but uh, that was bad uh, I, I I think a lot of it is franchise fatigue and a lot well I think it may be 50-50 franchise fatigue and then just bad decisions when you're making you know in these movies uh, where else can, that's the thing where else can you go I mean it's about one person and well you well, could take it time is whatever you know fate yeah. whatever they want to say this and that they want to say that you know fate is what you make it and then then it's not then you just have to accept fate for what it is like it's inevitable mm-hmm. and they can't get that right you know that's annoying um, I mean once you find out what they've done here in the new movie I mean, I, I feel like it had to have been done because I'm just sick of it. Just, just the same old, same old. Right. But um, I just don't see what else you can go with it. You're just going to keep retreading the same old, same old. Like, just end it. Just whatever. <laughs> just end it, put it to its death, and just stop. Just leave the first two as the benchmark and then all these other, you know, all these other attempts. Trying to make Terminator 2 happen. It's not going to happen. Quit trying to make T2 happen again. It won't happen. And I agree. With that, we'll uh, close this off. Because <laughs> uh, okay. nothing else needs to be said. Angry. Yeah, let's not. Exactly. Uh, I, will, I did pull up a little fun thing uh, that was linked in with this article I'd done. Uh, it's the... It's five of 2019's biggest box office bust so far. <laughs> They've got Terminator Dark Fate at number one. Wow. Uh, at number two is Ugly Dolls. It's some cartoon I've never heard of. Uh, it earned $32 million on the budget of $45 million. Wow. Of course, we'd said... Um, Terminators earned $29 million off of a $185 million budget right now. Uh, number three was The Goldfinch. Uh, I didn't know this one. I knew that it had busted bad. Uh, it, it earned $9 million off of a $35 million budget estimated. Uh, number four is Dark Phoenix. Uh, not a surprise there. Uh, let's see. $50 million. It, they don't really give numbers on this one other than it earned only 50 million over the film's final budget so it did recoup but not much uh, and the number five <clears throat> this is another one I knew about The Kitchen which is that movie with uh, Melissa McCarthy Elizabeth Moss and Tiffany Haddish that's actually based on a comic mm-hmm. book uh, is it yeah. right? It made less than half of its estimated $38 million budget. Jeez. So, but I'd rather be out on a $38 million budget than a $185 million budget. So, yeah. but I just thought that was interesting. Uh, of course, you know, there's been bigger box office busts than this. Uh, of course, the one that always comes to mind anymore seems to be John Carter. Because uh, it's, I think its budget was over $200 million and it, 
it absolutely bombed. John Carr reminds me of Harry Knowles. <laughs> reminds me of Ain't It Cool News. I don't know why. I know, I'm just joking. I know. He was always pushing to get that made. But he's a piece of crap, too, so we'll not bring him up anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, crap. But I thought that was a fun little thing uh, coming out of that. Uh, with that, Clay, let's do uh, let's, some emails. Oh. We've got we've got three, technically four emails this week. Uh, first one uh, comes from uh, Josh Powell. Uh, if you could visit the set of any movie for a whole day, past, present, or known future, which one would it be and why? What is your favorite movie poster of all time and why? Also, big happy birthday to podcast founder Jason. That's me. Thank you. Uh, birthday is this weekend. Mm-hmm. So, Clay, what would you? What movie set would you like to visit? I'm saying right now. I mean, for a future movie, is the set of Dune. Uh, Dennis uh, Villeneuve, whatever his yeah. name is. So I probably butchered yeah, it. Yeah, or something like that. But yeah. Man, he has killed it sci-fi movie-wise. He's killed it, whether it was with the was the Arrival and then with Blade Runner 2045,000, mm-hmm. whatever. Man, he killed it so good. And Dune, you know, the David Lynch Dune um, uh, is interesting so in crazy. its own way. Uh, Sting crazy, always sticks out for uh, me in that one. Yep. But after reading Dune, man, I'm pumped for this, and I would just love to have been on the set mm-hmm. for that. Uh, in the past, uh, Phantom Menace, duh. Uh, the reason why, so I could tell George Lucas, you no! Walk up and slap him. No! No! Stop it. Quit making Anakin go, yippee! And all this other <laughs> stupid stuff. Trade Federation? No! <laughs> Stop it. But, um... Favorite poster? I don't know. Shoot, I even... That's a hard question. Especially being removed from the theater so long, because I don't pay attention to them. I've got one, but... Uh, what do you think? Would it be... Would it be a comic book one or anything? I'm sure it'd be like a Star Wars yeah. poster or something. I don't really have... I can't really say favorite one. I'll go ahead and say mine right now. The first one that pops in mind, there's been a lot of them, of course, you know, where we worked at the movie theater so long. Uh... We saw you see a lot of cool posters. I remember the remember that uh, Matrix Reloaded poster we got, and it mm-hmm. looked like a, you know it looked like it was raining down the the code, the binary code, and all that stuff. Um, oh yeah. Of course, anytime we got a Star Wars poster in, even though they were prequels, uh, you know we got jazzed about that. Uh, I can remember the Lord of the Rings ones were some big ones. Uh, Probably my favorite. Well, actually, now that I think about it, um, one of my favorites that I do have is from The Dark Knight when it's got uh, the Joker riding so serious, more so serious yes. and blood mm-hmm. coming off his uh, lips, whatever. That That's one of my, I guess, my favorites, thinking about that. So. One of my favorites that I never did get that I wish I would have um, was the uh, Spider-Man World Trade Center one. You remember? Yeah. Where he had caught the helicopter and the in between the two towers, uh, I, that's a that's one I'd like to have. Uh, just, just you know, obviously because of what happened and all that, and just having that as kind of a little memento type of thing. But that got 
took by Adam Nicholson because he's a piece of trash. Uh, <laughs> Probably traded for yeah. drugs. You know, all of those uh, would be are some of my favorites. But really, when I think about right now, one of my favorites that really springs to mind was the uh, poster, the teaser poster for uh, The Last Jedi. Uh, I always, uh, that's one of the coolest posters. It's, it was up here at the house, but I had traded them out. Uh, that one would be one, or maybe um, Tarantino's Kill Bill poster. The one, the one I have is the. It just has her holding the sword, and it's a uh, silver embossed. Uh, I always did like that one. I think I've had Volume Two's yeah. poster. I think so. Uh, probably one of those two. Uh, as for movie set, uh, I I think it would be neat to. Uh, uh, you know, uh, of course, you know, Star Wars. Care Bears, no. Knew it. No. Knew it. Transformers. I'd like to be on the Transformers, the movie set, just to see what was going through, like, Iron Iron uh, Hyde's mind, knowing that he was about to die in that scene and all that stuff. I like, I like how you want to hang out with, like, yeah. cartoon characters. So, but, uh, you know, Star Wars, uh, I think the Lord of the Rings set um, would have been fun to be on. Uh, and Avengers Endgame I think that would have been awesome to be there you know to see them wrapping that whole thing up that's just a few off the top of my head uh, that I can think of so uh, there you go there's that one thanks Josh uh, continue writing in we do appreciate the emails uh, next up Glenn wrote in Glenn is still our all-time email leader. Keep up the good work, Glenn. We did, Glenn. Man, I cannot talk. Hello, wow. Glenn. Wow. His name is Glenn. Uh, Glenn says, uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, and The Big Chill are the only Thanksgiving movies I can think of. That was coming out of that whole discussion of uh, whether uh, Uncle Buck you. was a Thanksgiving movie or not. Uh, the Big Chill, take, that's a good movie, by the way. Did you ever see The Big Chill? No, I watched it back in the day. I think it came out in 1983, uh, maybe. I, I want to look that up because uh, if I remember that correctly, I'll be amazed. So hold on just a second. Let's see about the big chill. And it had a great cast in it, too. Uh, big chill film, 1983 film. Ah, directed by Lawrence Kasdan. Interesting. Had Tom Berenger, Glenn Close, Jeff Goldblum, William Hurt, Kevin Klein, uh, Meg Tilly, Joe Beth Williams in it. That's a, that's a good movie. But anyway, sorry. I, I went off there on that little tangent. Uh, the Big Chill takes place the weekend of the Ohio State-Michigan football game, which is traditionally Thanksgiving weekend, but does not make any mention of the holiday that I recall. Uh, today, my Star Wars calendar features Jack Porkins. Red Six, famous, famously told to eject from his X-Wing by childhood friend of Luke Skywalker, Biggs Darklighter. Red Three, into the vacuum of space during the Battle of Yavin. Admittedly, his, face, his fate seconds later was no better. But what kind of advice is that, to eject into the vacuum of space? I always had a soft spot for Porkins, and wish we knew more about him. 
Are there any rebel pilots? It's actually not a question. No, it's no, not a question. We're, no. just sit here we're, we're coming up on the question. Uh, are there any rebel pilots or other minor Star Wars characters you guys wish we knew more about? Uh, first of all, <laughs> come on, Porkins, man, come on, Wedge, Wedge, Antilles, Porkins, ahead, man, that this scene still gets me to this day. I got this. I got this. Oh! It's, uh, <laughs> uh, and anytime you can talk about Porkins on the podcast, we'll take it. Uh, so, Wedge, you think? <laughs> oh, definitely Wedge. Come on, man. He's got two. If, listen, if Wedge is not in the new movie, sporting course, two yeah. guest stars on the side of the <laughs> X-Wing, I'll be pissed. I'll be pissed. You know, for us, uh, having read a lot of the Expanded Universe stuff, uh, I didn't think of him. Yeah, I didn't books. think of him because he plays like a major role. Throughout that entire, you know, all the expanded stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I hope he's in it too. I keep hearing that he is. Uh, after going, that's the only person. That's it. Wedge. That's all I care about. Uh, well, I I went back and I, I got to thinking, and I think I mentioned it before, but an uh, Empire when uh, Darth Vader's talking to all the bounty hunters and stuff, uh, Bosk. The the lizard one is on there, you know. Uh, Trandoshan, get it right. Uh, sorry, and uh, IG eighty eight is up there. <laughs> but again, uh, those were the first two that come to mind. But I was like, eh, is there somebody I'm missing? You know, just not thinking right now. So I pulled up uh, fifteen crazy minor characters you need to know about. So just real quick, we'll run down through these. We won't spend too much time on them, but I thought it was cool. Uh, number fifteen is Rick. Uh, Oli, Oli, I can't remember. He was the pilot in Phantom Menace. Uh, was you know when they escaped from Naboo and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. He's considered the finest pilot in the Royal Space Flying Corps. Du- he was oh. dubbed Reckless Rick in his youth. Oh wow! Well, no one gives a shit. What? <laughs> uh, his most notable accomplishment. <laughs> I, I just now caught that, by the way. Uh, his most notable accomplishment is also his most infamous one. It was he who first instructed young Anakin Skywalker in the basics of piloting a fighter ship. <laughs> uh, thanks. So, thanks, thanks, fearless friend. Yeah. <laughs> He's also called Captain Obvious by some Star Wars fans due to much of his dialogue in Episode One, largely describing everything everyone else just saw. Examples are, we didn't hit it, or there's a blockade. <laughs> it was a really interesting character. It's just that he was just not a good person because he didn't pay his child support on time. You know? At number 14 is... Maybe if it did, it'd be a lot better. <laughs> is Lor San Tekka? Tika? Uh, oh, yeah. From, from, um, from The Force Awakens. Uh, well, I cannot remember his name all of a sudden. Uh, Baron Von yes. uh, Max Von Snydow. Right. <laughs> I don't know why I call him Baron. <laughs> Close enough. Max Von yeah. Snydow. Yes. Baron Baron uh, Baron Max. So. Ming the Merciless. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, he was in the Force Awakens at the beginning. He's the guy that gives uh, Poe the coordinates to Luke Skywalker's uh, Jedi Temple hideout, basically, or the piece that they're missing, I should say. Uh, yeah. I... Never did, you know, they made such a big deal about him being in The Force Awakens, and he's in that beginning part, and then he dies, and that's it. 
So, uh, mm-hmm. you got him. Uh, number 13 is always a, fa- a favorite. Uh, Salsius B. Crumb, he of Jabba the Hutt. That was delicious. Delicious. Not yes, delicious. it is. I, I, dude, I'm telling you, man. <laughs> so, he's, like he's the little dude that laughs the whole time with Jabba. Uh, I really could care less about. What do, what do people want to know uh, about him, though? I mean, what else? I mean, Hold on, let's see. He's a Kowakian monkey lizard. Uh, he served various crime lords as court jesters. He obviously he, he obviously works as a construction worker, then goes to Jabba's bar to hang out with all the regulars. Uh, like everybody does so, on tattooing. I mean, yeah. what else? Can... Yeah. Yeah, that's all there is to do. That's all there is to do here is hang out at Jabba's bar. I would read you his back story, but it's not worth reading. Uh, Sam. No. Uh, okay, he lived the life of a thief. Uh, one day, okay. needing a fast escape, he stowed away on Jabba the Hutt's ship. He got caught for stealing uh, Jabba, from Jabba's food bowl. He managed to evade Jabba's guards in their attempts to kill him. Uh, so this amused Jabba, and he struck a deal with Crumb, oh. offering to let him live for every day he made Ooh, free construction work. Oh. Here, here's the here's the bargain he struck. Uh, he Offered to let him live for every day he made Jabba laugh. Crumb agreed. Oh, and okay. Proved uh-huh. to be an excellent fool, surviving for a dozen years before dying with his master when Jabba's cell barge was blown up. So, number 12. Um, Aaron's always told about hanging out with shooting yeah, people. Yeah, exactly. Dude, you're on fire tonight. <laughs> the whole thing's going to have to be beeped out, just so you know. <sighs> Killing me. Uh,. At number 12, uh, I always thought this dude was cool and wanted to know more about him. Of course, now you can find out because, you know, internets and stuff. But uh, Lobot, uh, Lando's um, mm-hmm. right-hand man, I guess you'd say. Boring roommate. Yeah. I don't know. They're, you know, they lived together. I, I, had, uh, I had a Star Wars action figure of him as a kid. And I don't know. There was just something neat about him. You know, he had... Is he a robot? What's going on there? So, mm-hmm. you had... In reality, just a toaster oven attached to his head. Huh. Sorry to turn up. Sorry to upset your no, no, dreams no, about okay. Lobot. Uh, apparently, in current reality, Lobot has given his implants was given his implants to run battlefield calculations for the Empire, and he somehow broke free of the Force loyalty that was programmed into him and began working for Gambler Lando Calrissian aiding him in various shady schemes before taking over management of Cloud City after Lando won it. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, here's one of my favorites. Number 11 is Nian Nub. <sighs> Man. Yeah. <laughs> him and, you know, if it hadn't been for him and Lando, that Star Destroyer never would, or Star Destroyer. I don't understand what he's saying. Nim, 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 nim. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, number, Thanks, number 10 is Yarna the Gargan, and she's the other dancer. She's the other dancer uh, in Jabba's palace. Not the one that falls, but the one of that was a little more heavy set. Uh, Had her. I'm not even going to go into details on that one. Just going to keep tracking. Uh, Number nine is Max Rebo. Uh, For the Max Rebo baby. We talked about this the other night. Uh, He got he got the shaft when they redid. Uh, oh, Return of the Jedi had that terrible. really annoying dude oh. in there. Uh, yep. Number eight is Bosk, and that's the dude that uh, Obi Wan's talking to in A New Hope. 
with uh, that's in between Obi Wan and Chewbacca uh, mm-hmm. at the bar. Um, I don't really know. No, Bosk was the no Boshik. They they spell it two different ways here. Boshik, Boshik, oh, or something. Uh, huh. So reportedly, he's force sensitive and was never trained though. A kind word from Obi-Wan encouraged him to give up smuggling and focus on meditating upon the light side of the Force. Huh. Did not know that. And then here's the one I... I'm sure we'll see the TV series. Here's the one that always fascinated me as a kid. Uh, Moma Nadum, which is Hammerhead from most Isley Katina. I don't know what it was when I was a kid. I I had that... Remember remember those old 12-inch... Uh, Star Wars figures they did like the the old Mego mm-hmm. ones I had him yep uh, as one of those and I was just fascinated with it didn't have no idea I just go around hammering people with his head I just thought it was cool uh, number six is Mal- Mal- Malakili and that's the Rancor Pit or the Rancor's uh, Pit Master Master yeah. Yeah, that was crying. Yeah, I mean, I always get upset when he I cries. Used to get cracked up when he'd be crying at the end or after he died. Uh, like he like serious tears. Every time. Uh, number five is Zuckus, and he's the little insect-looking bounty yep. hunter. Uh, uh, number number four is Wilro Hood. <laughs> uh, what? He's also known as the ice cream guy. Due to the object he carries Hello. reassembling an ice cream maker or resembling an ice cream maker uh, he was a gas miner on the planet Bespin so apparently he just had a real quick you know uh, flash across the screen but he's literally carrying an ice cream maker in his hands it's pretty funny this picture that's funny uh, at number three is Garendian is Zavar and he's the one that rats out Han and Chewbacca on In A New Hope when they're trying to uh Leave the space. Nobody board. likes Nars. Yeah. Uh, simply called Snout Spout in the underworld. Uh, number two. Snitches get Number two is. Uh, what happened to my screen here? Number two is Bosch, which is Princess Leia's uh, cover when she goes into Jabba's palace to get Han out. I always right. dug that suit and everything. I didn't realize there was. I Actually, I think I knew it, but I'd forgotten that there was actually a character. Behind that, it wasn't just like a cover she'd made up. Um, and the number one is Akamina, I think was how you said it. And what? Which should be on your number one? Oh, no, 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 no. Talk about. Let me tell you about Akamina. Akamina, I guess is how you say it. Uh, famously brought to life by B. Arthur in the Star Wars Holiday Special. Oh God! Akamina was the night shift bartender at. Chalman Spaceport Cantina, Cantina. She lived with three other roommates in the A gifted singer who was popular with her patrons. She utilized her musical talents and gifts for persuasion to clear the bar when the Empire imposed a system-wide curfew on Life Day. So, in later years, she used her fortune and fame to aid Freedom Flight, an organization akin to the Underground Railroad, which helped escape slaves. So there you go. Number one is B. Arthur. Thanks, B. Arthur. <sighs> yeah, I would go with Wedge, too, I think. 
I like how that all led to that. Yeah, yeah I'll go with yeah. you. I just thought I needed to go through some of those because uh, when I was looking at that list, I never would have put B. Arthur at number one. So, right. We still need to get together and watch that Star Wars holiday special. I now have a VCR, no, so we can. No thanks. Cool. Uh, no thanks. Our last email is, I guess you technically call it, well, no. All right, let's just go with this. Our next to last email is from uh, one Brandon Bradley. Uh, he says, hey, guys. After listening to last week's episode about the 127 Pro Wrestling Yard Sale... <laughs> I would like to know what would be your wrestling name. By the way, my favorite Thanksgiving movie is Planes, Trains, and Automobile. John Candy and Steve Martin are one for the best duo. <laughs> that was read verbatim, by the way. Tippy time, my wadi time, Clay, have you got a good wrestling name? Ah, oh, yeah, it's the Flush of Doom. I already played that in my old wrestling yes. career, my high school years. Mine's, mine's the Balding Eagle, for obvious reasons. Uh, right. uh, so, uh, next up is uh, Brandon Bradley again. The first one was subject, by the way, High Friends, and then the second one is High Friends Part 2. So, he says, on second thought, those names sound more like stripper names, and Jason, you get sex panda because you're such a lovable guy. Clay, yours is self-explanatory. Thanks, Brandon. Well, thank you, Brandon. <laughs> Did you just predict what we were going to yep. say? <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> so, uh, that's it. That, well, thank you. It's a good, uh, good round of emails. Uh, <laughs> send them in. I, I had a good time. I always dig uh, answering uh wrestling questions about what my wrestling name would be. Uh, uh, I don't even know what to say after that, by the way. I'm still kind of processing that whole email, that two-part email that he sent. So, uh, but that's it, Clay. Uh, let's close this out with our weekly recommendations. Uh, what you got for us? Um... I don't know. I don't really have a recommendation. Can right I can I throw one at you? Playing off of uh, this weekend, uh, I think you should go with the five minute dungeon thing. Oh, five minute yeah. dungeon? Sure, yeah. I I would seek out five minute dungeon. It's uh, it's a very fun <coughs> game for five players. Yeah. Well, it's not hard to understand. I mean, it's crazy. Quick, five minute rounds. Um, lots of uh, lots of uh, mad madness ensues. Yeah. Uh, trying to get everything to lay down right. Uh, it's it's a good game. That is a good pick, Clay. I like that. Thanks, You're Jason. Welcome. That or that or you could go with Dice Forge because I know you like both of those quite a bit. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Mine this week. I'm I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go. We played Mystic Veil again this weekend. It's the first time I had gotten to play it in a long time. Um, another board game, and. I, I really like uh, like the mechanics of it. It's a card building game. Uh, you build the cards uh, as you go. It has a nice slot system in it where you the cards are in sleeves and then you slot in uh, bonus effects and stuff like that. Uh, it's just a fun little game. Uh, 
you should check it out. It has quite a few. It has two or three expansions now. But uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, that's mine for the week. So good show, Clay. I think we uh, I think we had a good time. I'm still still tired. I don't know how long. I didn't realize. I guess I'm getting old. And it just takes a lot longer to recover from 24 hours of of gaming. Whereas you know, when you think about about back in the day, we could have. Uh, I mean, we did that regularly, just about, you know, back in the theater yeah. days. So, oh man, but uh, good show. We'll be back next week. Uh, we'll figure out something to talk about, as we always do. Uh, if you have any suggestions, uh, shoot us a, shoot us a, those in the comments on the Facebook page. Or send us an email. Now you know in December we're going to be talking about Star Wars. The closer we get to the last, yeah, I've been day, thinking uh, about the, that. The Rise of Skywalker. I've been thinking about that. We're uh, we're getting closer to that. Uh, I'm going to start rewatching some of them again because you know that's always a good excuse to rewatch a Star Wars movie. Not that you need an excuse, but uh, yeah, we got that coming up. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, Knives Out is coming up this month. I'm really excited about that. Can't wait to watch that. Looks really good. That new trailer looked good. Um, I'll be reporting from uh, Disney here in about two weeks. We're going. Hmm. I'm going to leave on Tuesday, Clay. So we may try to lay down. Not this Tuesday, but on the 19th, I'll be leaving that night, heading to Florida. So we may try to record something like on Monday night or Sunday to post on. Uh, that Friday, uh, that's fine. We'll see. Yeah, that's cool. A couple day, a couple weeks away. Uh, so we'll see. But uh, with that, uh, we're done for the week. Clay, uh, cool. Kind of went in. We good time. I'm still trying to keep us under that uh, magic two hour mark. Uh, I, I like to talk that much. I think we could, but like that two and a half hour one. I think it did some people in. A couple people was like, how do you go that long? I was like, I don't know. We just talk. We just keep going. So, uh, but that's it for this week, folks. Uh, as always, you can find us on all the streaming sites. Uh, please make sure that you rate and review us on those, uh, especially Apple Podcasts, because it helps get us out there and get us noticed. Uh, You're not going to tell about our sister podcast that we're planning to come out uh, with? Which one's that? We talk about a lot of podcasts. Oh, our sister podcast, which is going to be Clay Cusses, dot, 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 a lot. Well, I think that's taking over this podcast, so. <laughs> and I, I don't drop any F-bombs. Oh, no. I keep it, I keep it FX friendly. <laughs> I think FX now lets people drop S-bombs. So. <laughs> yeah. I keep it FX friendly. As long as you don't go FXX, yes. we're, we're okay. So. Ooh, okay. But, uh. Just make sure, and if you haven't joined us over at the Facebook page, uh, please feel free to join in on the comments. We've had some good discussions this week. Uh, lots of fun stuff happening over there. Uh, as always, you can find us on Twitter at From Ramblings and on Instagram at RFN underscore podcast. Uh, maybe one day I'll post something on that one other than the latest episode but for now I'm doing pretty good to get that same goes for the Twitter feed actually uh, pretty terrible uh, also as always don't forget to send us your emails to rfn.podcast1 at gmail.com could that be any longer by the way uh, 
Clay, are you still under social media embargo? Yep. Awesome. Uh, you can find me at Jason76Z on Twitter. And with that, we are out. Yeah. Bye.